Today, we are embracing a most magnificent era, the era that gave us the Age of Apocalypse, Image Comics, the death of Superman, Bane, Deadpool, Venom, Heroes Reborn. We are talking about the 90s today, baby. We are embracing it. We are rejoicing, giving it a big giant hug, celebrating everything that was awesome and and telling you the truth about the 90s on an all new episode of Observations. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Observations. I am your host, Rob Liefeld. I have been making the comics for about 38 years, three decades, eight years. I would hope that that qualifies me to discuss the topic of comic books as well as all of the different platforms that comic books have emerged in regards to like the movies, the video games, the streaming, the the the, the t-shirts at Target, good God, there there are so many comic book t-shirts at Target, right? I mean, if you're going back right now and you're getting stuff for your kids, going back to school, which mine aren't, I'm just going to Target to look for toys, full disclosure, um, that that's why I'm there. But I am bumping in to a lot of parents who are buying stuff for their kids. And again, the, the, the comic book t-shirt section of Target just was not as enormous as it was 10 years ago. So comic books have just exploded superheroes. Uh, the, the, these characters have exploded across pop, pop culture. I have been obsessed with them my entire life. This podcast was created to talk to you about comic books, my own journey with comics, how it changed my life, transformed me, sharing a lot of the experiences that you've shared. And welcome to what is going to be the easiest, maybe the most fun episode I have ever recorded. This episode is going to be completely laser focused on the 90s, the truth about the 90s. We are going to get down and dirty. No, we're going to do it with a big smile on our face and talk about what I believe is one of the greatest eras in the history of comic books. And you know why I believe that? So so for, so for the ones who are, who are out there listening saying, did he just say the 90s are the greatest era? I did. And you know who told me that? You did. This show today is fueled by you, your comments, your feedback, and, and so much of what I have been told by you over the last uh, 10, 15 years. I was really touring at, at my hardest 2015 to 2019. I don't think I'll ever do that many shows, that many appearances ever again. But wherever, wherever I went, and, and that, that, that early, especially the early like the start of that era, 2015, 2016, I went to my very first uh, show in Wisconsin in a blizzard. And and yet so many of you showed up. Uh, I, I went to Cleveland. Also, all the schools were shut down in a blizzard, but that, that was like two weeks later. And I, and, and I remember the time saying, how can there be a, how can there be all the schools shut down, but we're having a comic convention and we can get here. And they're like, well, and this is someone who looked at me rightfully so like I was kind of the, the moron I was uh, revealing myself to be in that moment and really growing up in a warm climate, never living anywhere other than Southern California, I, I took for granted all this basic information. I said, they said, Rob, it, it, kids can't be freezing waiting for the bus. The, the, the schools get canceled because, because of the transportation and so many of the kids who take the public transportation and they can't be uh, out there you know, freezing. And I'm like, oh, got it. 
uh, yeah, check. Stupidest, dumbest question I ever asked. But people packed into that convention center for that Cleveland, uh, for that Cleveland, Ohio comic book show. And, and, and again, I, I, I got to meet so many of, of you, uh, moms, dads, kids, teenagers, young adults, and you would tell me about what you love the most and the comic books you love the most in, in, in a blizzard, two successive weeks, Wisconsin, maybe there was two weeks in between, um, in Wisconsin, my, my, my son, Chase, uh, who, who at the time, you know, would have been 12 was just jumping around on all the giant uh, ice mounds and, the, and, 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 and I mean, it, there were these giant, like, like small hills of ice. So we were definitely in a, in a different world. But when we got into that convention hall, again, greeted by so many enthusiastic people. And time and again, the people who were buying the comics when they were 13 are now 43. 30 years had passed. And they had their own kids that they bring to me. I've mentioned this several times on the show, but it is so fun to see a dad or uh, a dad and a mom with their kids and the kids have the comics and the dad says, I pass these down. Hey, been there, done that. I, I absolutely have at least attempted to pass down and, and even now am attempting to pass down. The, the, the comics just keep sh- changing as the curiosity changes. Now, I've been uh, completely honest that my oldest son is the one who's really into the traditional Marvel, DC, just superhero genre. Period. And my, my youngest son, Chase, is more into manga and anime. But guess who has stacks and stacks of manga and anime to pass down as well? So, so it does work uh, with both kids. Uh, yeah, my daughter, I, you know, c- c- complete, uh, f- full confession, she, she's, just not, she's just not into it. Likes the movies, l- likes the good, the, the good stuff when it's, when it's put together on screen. But didn't, didn't, uh, didn't transport to the, to the paper products. <laughs> So, uh, but, but the bottom line is you guys have told me this and, and as recently as yesterday, the, 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 the day before I'm recording this, there was an article that came out on the nineties and it had a typical negative slant. And I guarantee you, uh, that, that the person who wrote it did not live the full nineties experience. Not like so many of you who were. 13 years old, 12 years old, 10 years old. I've met some of you who are like, I was nine. And of course you were. Because so many of my memories, my very first episode of this show, my very first episode of Rob's Observations is, is when I am, am seven and eight years old. And, and those memories are so crystal clear to me. And so much of the comic book memories, those comic books, you got to tell you, I, I got to tell you, I'd grab the comic book from the spinner rack. I'd walk home. I'd read it in the front yard. I, it's just a place I, I like to be in the, in the, in the summer and the fall. And, and of course, as we've already covered, I was, I was blessed to have really great weather out here in Southern California. So I'd sit outside eating an apple. But what, first time I've mentioned fruit on the show. <laughs> yes, eating, eating an apple uh, prior to my obsession with peanut butter cups and, 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 and Cheetos and Doritos and all of those other delicious potato chip, potato chip brands. But eating an apple. Reading Avengers 141, discovering the Squadron Supreme, being blown away. Well, that, that comic would then go with us to the restaurant we were going that night. And I would sit there in my booth as my parents would discuss what was going on in their day. And I remember my sister is seven years older than me. And somehow she got out of everything. So she, she never went on family vacations. She, she, was, she was always able to play the, 
you know, can I hang at fill in the blank girlfriend's house and not go with you guys and be and, and basically be dragged down into my brother's world because he's seven and I'm 14 or he's eight and I'm 15. And uh, so I'd, I'd be at the, at the booth at the restaurant with my comic book and I would be pouring over the, the squadron uh, supreme issue going, this guy is green arrow and this guy. This this girl is black canary. What is going on? I was like matching them up, and 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 those images, those panels drawn by George Perez, inked by Vinnie Coletta, are seared into my brain from seven years old. So when you tell me that you were digging Image Comics or X Force or whatever, something of mine at at seven and eight, I get it. I'm that guy. I am that exact person. You know, I get you. And and so I read this article, and and and. Uh, it just it wasn't flattering and it it wasn't flattering it 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 uh it did not paint uh comic books in that era in the nicest light so then what i did is again this is an episode fueled by you what i did was i threw it out there i said hey really simple really really simple i just put the simplest question out there and it and it was the single tweet uh, now I, and I understand it's now called X. I'm sorry. I'm going to be calling these tweets for a while. Okay. So, so I, I, Elon, I apologize. It's, it's, it's going to be Twitter and, and, and tweets to me. I know I'm supposed to be calling it X. I put out a tweet that said, so did you have a good time in the nineties? Did you enjoy your comics sound off in the replies? Now, when you do that, you got to get ready for a whole bunch of spam. And, and I, I, I kind of, figured that I'd be deleting the tweet at some point because I, in my head, had anticipated this avalanche of negativity based on uh, so much of what I have encountered uh, since the 90s ended. Now, let me tell you something. I'll tell you real quick what I loved about the 90s. It was anything goes. 90s was anything goes. And when I'm telling you about the 90s, and maybe you've never heard uh, a podcast where you only own my, my podcast and you've never heard but a few episodes. So when I am hired in comics as a teenager, as eight, 18 years old, and my first recorded work is, is uh, my, my independent works runs 86, 87. My Marvel comics work starts in 1987. And, you know, I mean, we, we are just right there at the outset. I am three years from knocking on the 90s as a professional. So, you know, in 1990, I'm 22 and, and turning 23. And so I experienced almost the entirety of my 20s, you know, in, 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 in the 90s. I turn 30 October 1997. So, so I, the, the majority of the 90s for me is in my 20s. I got married in the 90s, okay? Uh, I married my amazing wife and, 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 and we, started our family in in October of 1999 we, we were pregnant okay and 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 our little baby boy popped out the very you know first week of May in 2000 so so the the 90s is very special to me the 90s is when i was able to cut loose and 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 my editor said go for it fill this book new mutants is is dropping like a stone Sales wise, it, it's just continued to separate from the pack from the X Men office, and I was able to grab so many of the characters from my sketch pads and my notes, and give you Cable and Deadpool 
and Domino and Shatterstar and Feral and Strife and the Mutant Liberation Front. And I, I, I just, I poured the, everything. Garrison Kane, six pack. You guys can continue from there. You get the drill. I felt like after achieving these giant sales and, and, and a massive connection with the fans, that that was the time to move and do my own thing and be independent minded. And I already had two of my friends who had wanted to do the same thing that I had discussed this with, and that was Jim Valentino and Eric Larson. Jim Valentino will verify this. Eric Larson has verified this. This is how Image Comics started. When we reached Todd McFarlane, he was uncertain. He was number four. He was uncertain about what he was going to do, maybe do a Batman book. We've covered this before. From there on, I just know Jim Lee was last. I know Mark, uh, so Mark and, and Wills are kind of second and third to last, and Jim Lee made his decision last, and, and primarily because we didn't know how hard Marvel was working to keep him. But Image Comics was launched off my itch to, to, to do something different. I would have done Image Comics by myself. Is it a different Image Comics in the beginning? Sure, sure, certainly it was, but, but on my own, we had already achieved 600,000 copies without the fanfare, without the, hey, hey, you know, we're all coming with you. And I was reckless. I was absolutely reckless. And I'm, I apologize. Some of you hate listen to this show and I, I am going to talk to you right now and I hope you're smiling and I hope we're having a great connection. I know that you hate listening to the show and you can't stand when I um, talk about my own work, but that's weird. And, and uh, what, what I think makes this show work so much is me drawing on experiences as a publisher, as a writer, as, as an artist, as an inker, uh, my printing background, so much of it, uh, licensing. Uh, it, it, I, I have literally lived in each and every one of these, uh, you know, areas of expertise and, 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 and running a studio. I mean, I, I was a publisher of not uh, just my extreme books, but Maximum Press. And then, you know, we were given a wing of Marvel Comics via the Heroes Reborn deal that occurred and, 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 and you all encountered it in 1996 when Jim and I were hired at a, uh, in, in a record setting deal to reset what was going on with the classic Marvel heroes, the classic Jack and Stan stuff. And, and so the nineties to me, you know, from, from new mutants to X-Force to then st starting image comics, launching image comics, naming image comics. Uh, I, I just don't, I, th there are day times in the last 24 hours i wonder what it would have been like what happens if i never get that itch to 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 go independent what happens i'm certainly not having conversations with with todd trying to convince him this is the way to go and uh, and no 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 we we don't want to go with dark horse no 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 todd please please no 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 that's not going to happen uh there he was very insistent that because he was living up in the in the north the northwest he was living whatever region he, he was living in Washington and, and uh, he just moved over from, from Canada to Washington. And he wanted to now go with Mike Richardson and Dark Horse. And I just said, no, 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 no. We are, again, it's all about placement and being special. And they are not going to place us above their current uh, obligations and loyalty to Frank Miller and John Byrne with what, what they were doing. So it, that was constantly a, 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 a struggle, a give and take. But had I just been someone who was satisfied? But I, I, I am still never to this day satisfied. So there's always this hunger, this, 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 uh, this desire to keep moving. Uh, 
Some of you may go, why do you go off and do like a, a, a thing with Archie Comics with patriotic characters? My, my hope was that that was much more than just the one shot that you got, but it was born of my desire. And I've talked about it on the show. Uh, why does Robert Kirkman, you know, have, have Transformers licenses now to give you Transformer books? Because he loves them. Because it's on his bucket list. Drawing Snake Eyes was on my bucket list. Drawing the shield. Drawing all of the, the patriotic trifecta. So sometimes you just go with your, your urges and image comics, the name image comics, the idea, the purpose was all based on an urge that that window is closing and I have to go now. And I've seen so many people, so many talents, not just in comics and music and acting that don't take the initiative. I think now more than ever, you see young talent, young acting and musician talent because their managers say, create your own label, create your own production company, start making your own, you know, your own product. I mean, no less than Margot Robbie, who is dominating, just dominating the, 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 this, this summer season with her blockbuster Barbie movie. She got into producing early. I mean, fairly, like for, for, for someone who had a supporting role in Wolf of Wall Street 10 years ago, she immediately got into the, the producing uh, arm of it. And, and, and which is why by 2017, we're getting, or 2016, we're getting I, Tanya which she has creative control over. She produced Barbie. She, is an, she, she, she immediately took that connection that she was having with audiences and, and, and recognized that I should be behind the camera uh, as a producer, uh, guide, guiding this material, shaping this material. So, so often, it's, ha- it's as fast as you can recognize that you can pull this off that is going to benefit you. And so young, young me went in that direction and and there is no image comics without young me so let's let's just go back and forth on this but this isn't this 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 podcast isn't about image comics it's just a slice it's just a sliver it's just a little piece of what we're going to discuss today and what i'm going to read back to you but that is my version of the 90s that is my 20s and that is uh where i went to scratch my creative itch and the whole world just exploded and it was never more exciting and i sat across from jim lee and Todd McFarlane, and Mark Silvestri, and Eric Larson, and Wills Portacio, and Jim Valentino, and I saw the excitement in them too. The 90s was tremendous fun. It was tremendous fun. That is really, you know, what you're going to hear right here at the 17-minute mark, and what you're going to exit today. The 90s was tremendous fun. I'm going to say something. If you didn't like the 90s. If you didn't enjoy the 90s, it's because you didn't want to. It's because you chose to take a seat of judgment or criticism. And look, of the hundreds of responses that I got to my tweet yesterday, yes, of course, there were a couple. And I will tell you, I will identify the guy with the 20 followers who made an account to just shit on the 90s. <laughs> the, 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 the best is when you can go, oh, this guy has eight followers. He made this account like 60 minutes ago, so he could come in because he's probably blocked or, or you know, doesn't have access otherwise to my account. And he's going to say the 90s were the most horrible period of comic books ever. And trust me, we got about, we got three or three, or, uh, we got a few of those. But let me, let me share with you what's going on in the, in the, in the, in, in these responses because it's incredible. It is nothing short of, of incredible the way that, and again, I did this believing that 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 it would have to be kind of uh deleted because the 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 uh the negative vibes were going to be so overwhelming 
and 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 they were just going to dominate the conversation because I've been trained because I've been trained and 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 yet you guys showed up in droves and and shared these most amazing uh, your your basic personal experience. You answered the question: Was the '90s not anything specific? I said, "Was the '90s fun for you? Did you enjoy your comics?" Sound off, and boy, did you sound off! Again, it's it's fair to establish that I had a great time. The '90s was a great time for me, personally, professionally, fantastic time. But this isn't again about my. I, I can just tell you maybe why I was smiling all the time, having such a good time, but. Here we go. Sean Bradley says, uh, as a teen in the 90s, I read X-Men and Image Comics. I love the character designs and the action. Uh, boom. Clay Mann, a, a fellow professional. Clay Mann, outstanding. Uh, Batman, Nightwing, uh, Catwoman, so much Batman. Clay's fantastic. And thank you, Clay, again, for doing you know, a page in my brigade book. Oh my gosh, it's the best page. Uh in the brigade uh brigade number 1 reboot. Oh my gosh, it's the best page. He says the best of times when it came to comics. You got a you got a established professional, Clay Mann, everybody. Uh Daryl Sperry says Daryl Sperry uh weighed in and said X-Force was my entry into comics. I've been a huge fan ever since it was my escape. Uh, at the time, I bought three copies since and one signed by you. Uh, when I set my own business, when I set up my own business and we passed the one-year re- re- revenue target, I bought this as my reward. And he shows a really minty copy of New Mutants uh, 87. I'm just reading them as they, as they, were, uh, as they appeared. He said, uh, Eric O'Sullivan says, pretty much as an X-Men fan, uh, from being an eight-year-old kid, boom, there it is, eight years old. With pocket change and a spinner rack at the corner store in 1981, there was nothing so excellent as the Extinction Agenda. Uh, Mr. Know-It-All says, I had the best time. Rob Hunter says, hell yeah, I was a teenager buying all your books. Eric Hodson says, Marvel, Image, Valiant. That's all I bought. I loved it all. Nerd Initiative says, the early X-Force era was something special. Mikey Flash says, I enjoyed my 90s comics a lot. He said, but it was dark. So many books felt they had to go for super intense, uh, to go super intense or make drastic and horrific changes to the characters. Uh, examples, Death of Superman, Batman's par- par- uh, paralysis, Aquaman losing a hand, Hal Jordan commits genocide. And, and to which I did respond to Mikey about 17 hours ago. I said, you know, you just listed all the DC stuff. <laughs> um, and uh, the... Uh, he said, he, th- th- then Thor Odinson says, early parts of the 90s, definitely, like the image revolution. Not so much when other things happened, like Jim Shooter getting kicked out of Valiant. You could see the massive drop in quality across the entire line immediately. This person said, oh yes, love the 90s. Death of Superman, Nightfall, Grant Morrison's Justice League, epic times. John Del Aros says, my best time was with Tom De- Tom DeFalco, who did severely underrated work on Fantastic Four, Thor, and Spider Girl, and that is an absolute true statement. I agree with everything you just said. Uh, George Anag Nastopoulos, sorry about that. Just reading it in real time. The '90s for me were all about the X Men. Age of Apocalypse was the first big story I followed all the way through as a kid. Wolverine Snick says '90s were lit AF. 
still have all my comics from that era. Kyle, 90s was peak comics. Uh, Tan Thalosa, 90s comics were the only thing that kept me going. I miss 90s comics like mad. Uh, Richard Danger, some of these great names. A lot of bold decisions and storylines in that decade that would have that would, that would have long lasting effects. Loved it. Benjamin Clarkson uh, said, "I had two or three comics in the '90s." Thank you, Benjamin. Uh, Christos Gage, another comic book writer and writer of of television, like like Daredevil. Christos Gage sounds off and says, "That's when I drifted away from superhero books. Uh, my main issue was not having enough money to buy everything that I would like." Uh, that I would have liked to. Christos, sweet guy. Thank you for weighing in. I'm just, some of these names are clicking with me right now. Uh, he said, uh, Eric Amil says, a good time. Eh, there were parts I could have done without. Did I enjoy my comics? Age of Apocalypse, Archie's run of Sonic, uh, the stuff from Dreamwave, Top Cow, work from a guy with a penchant from improbable guns and pouches. Yeah, I would say I enjoyed my comics. Uh, C. Bailey said, enjoyed them in the 90s and enjoyed them so much now. Official Niobe says, if it wasn't for the 90s, my comic Niobe would not exist. We are proud to have a John Stinsman variant cover. I loved his work on Evangeline. I'd love to see it return. Uh, Don Smith says, 90s is when I became an epic fan. It was super exciting. Epic sagas, huge crossovers, new characters, big moves, lots of variety, going through the back issue bins. Look, I can go on and on. I'm really establishing, and we'll end with some more. The fun aspect, the overwhelming, and I, and, and again, I had hoped that those smiles and those faces who told me how much they loved the, the 90s and what that era meant to them, I have learned, like, you, you guys know, my, my favorite era is 1978. 1975 to 1980 and what you get in there for me you get the beginning of frank miller's daredevil run more importantly you get the entirety of john burns uh john Byrne and terry austin's x-men run which to me is the most important run in the history of comics period you get george perez and john Byrne and their avengers run with jim shooter david michelini you get an epic just incredible run of fantastic four with george perez john Byrne. you're gonna hear those names again and again you get neil adams doing Superman versus Muhammad Ali. You get Superman, Spider-Man, the very first uh, uh, crossover. There are just amazing, epic memories, comics, events. And I, I, I hold that, that 1975 to 1980 period in the highest regard. You get Michael Golden's Micronauts, which we're going to get soon as, as Marvel now is going to finally, uh, we're, that, that gets taken off the Forbidden Fruits list. You should go look, listen to my episode on Forbidden Fruits. It's early probably season one in, in, in the catalog, and it talks about, or maybe mid-season one, it talks about, uh, just look for Forbidden Fruits. It actually may be mid-season two. Uh, Forbidden Fruits talks about all the licensed stuff that we aren't able to access and haven't for 30, 40 years in some cases. Uh, the, the, the Micronauts is over 40 years. ROM, the same in, in regards to that they interacted with so many Marvel characters, and therefore when the license was pulled, they couldn't rejoin the work because, you know, you can't reprint Hulk. Uh, you can't reprint Rom at IDW when he's fighting alongside Hulk because you don't have the rights to Hulk. So Marvel has gone back in on Rom and Micronaut. So again, the, the, these are, this is, that, that is in that 1978, 1979, 1980, you know, realm are my favorite issues of Micronauts and Rom. So that, that's what I hold most dear. But I have learned through you, through touring, through your feedback, the way that you 
absolutely adore and love the 90s. And, and, and we're doing this show because I'm just tired of the crap, right? And, and, and we can change it. Here's the deal. We can change it. That enthusiasm that I see from you, and I, you don't just give it to me. You're giving it to Mark Silvestri. You're giving it to Dale Keown. You're giving it to Tom DeFalco. You are giving it to Dan Jurgens. You are giving it to so many, uh, to Todd McFarlane, everybody. I mean, what is Todd's peak work? It happened in the 90s. For me, what is Jim Lee's peak work? It happened in the 90s, okay? Uh, Dale Keown's peak work happened in the 90s. The 90s has significant artistic and, 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 and creative achievements, and we're not going to sleep on them. Uh, we're not going to sleep on those. We're going to share those. Now, I'm going to tell you, at the end of the 90s, I'm going to get back to you. If you didn't like the 90s, you have chosen not to because it was a blast. It was fun. I think one, I think 1999 really gives uh, the most obvious example of where everything headed afterwards. We had that movie called The Matrix. It blew us all away. We didn't see it coming. It was supposed to be the summer of Star Wars and, and, and The Phantom Menace. And look, there's, there's tons about that movie I, I truly love, but, but The Matrix is the far superior quality. But the stuff that was going on, with those Star Wars prequels is another subject all altogether because it really speaks to the 90s as well, the late 90s, the early 2000s. Those kids are now in their 20s and if they're like Luke Liefeld because they watched all of Rebels, they watched every episode of Clone Wars, they watched, they consumed the prequel material so that now that is their bar and that is why Disney is giving you Ahsoka and so much uh, of that material uh, the, the, the stuff, the, the stuff that wanders through, you know, so, some of these 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 recent shows and and reflects so much of the Clone Wars is because that fan base will not allow you to tell them that they don't love Darth Maul and Count Dooku, okay, and 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 Jango. I mean, so many uh, kids of that age. That is their Star Wars. They will protect it. They love it. They consume it, which is why the Star Wars output is now really more than ever reflecting that era and it was an era that adults shit on that early star wars era that 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 was it was shit on now now were the movies great not until revenge of the sith revenge of the sith is a great movie the whole thing it is a great movie but there were you know there were there were some some moments getting there but again you don't know what it was like to be eight and nine and now i understand what the adults were looking at when i was over the moon with the magic that George Lucas created in the original 1977, the 1977 Star Wars experience. Again, that happened when I was nine years old, that magical connection. And I just have always just had the softest spot and the most love uh, for, for Star Wars. And I see it in that generation. I actually had a guy uh, who I would call an expert in this field say that one of quote unquote, speaking of Lucasfilm, one of their issues with these recent, the recent movies is that the kids who were young adults going to see those movies, they wanted the follow-up to all the Clone War stuff. Again, the Obi-Wan series. Now, this new material that's coming out from from Lucasfilm is reflecting the fact that that's what these kids want to see. Now, take that same application and apply it to the 90s, but we are now going back to the Matrix. 1999 takes us by storm. Very, uh, obviously, 
visually powerful. The first thing I think of when I think of Matrix is the visuals. It's like when people go, and I've told you guys, why do you think think, uh, this resonates? Why do you think this resonates? And I've, I've told you, we love stuff that looks cool. We will put cool above everything and then figure it out from there. But cool matters. Snake Eyes looked cool. Darth Vader looked cool. And we responded immediately from looks cool. Neo and Trinity look cool. That movie poster, what is this? These black leather, the dusters. Well, Matrix was obviously a phenomenal achievement across so many you know, platforms. The way, the, 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 the bullet time, the special effects transformed the way movies were made immediately following. I mean, that summer, people were trying to incorporate bullet time effects into the movies coming out the following summer. They're like, we've got to get this. We've got to get this technology. We've got to do a five-minute beat. We've got to show that we're hip, we're cool. We're reflecting this movie that everyone thinks is hip and cool and is blowing up at the box office. The black leather, the, the real emphasis on black leather is seen immediately in the next summer in the X-Men movies and pretty much every, uh, I mean, in, in, in every action movie that followed, black leather, dusters, uh, uh, I mean, everyone in black leather, not brown leather, okay, black leather, and, 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 the, and, the, and this tight leather pants and the boots and all of that stuff started. And everyone suddenly was doing cool martial arts for about the next five, six years in films. And, and you saw immediately this was affecting the comic books. The comic book characters that we loved were take, putting their colorful characters away, and they were now on the printed page, looking to black leather, and and the X Men books in, in in print were reflecting it before the the two thousand uh, theatrical debut of the X Men were reflecting it. I mean, immediately people started grabbing from this giant media uh, avalanche, which I think could be on some levels compared to what happened with Star Wars in nineteen seventy seven. And and again, remember the, the 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 speed with which they got those Matrix sequels out, the excitement, the records they broke. I mean, there was that window where Matrix was just everything to everybody, and it was just the buzziest. They it was the, it was one of the earliest times I I, I remember Entertainment Weekly and some of these uh, magazines giving six seven covers acrossing all the care you know uh, spreading out to all the characters you know covering the Matrix, giving you you know collectible variants. On, on, on entertainment news magazines. But I remember walking into the store in August of 1999. And there was a store here in town. I'll call it out. It was called 21st Century. Uh, and they were not the most friendly uh, comic book because, uh, comic book uh, store, but they were kind of the only one left because everybody else had gone out of business. And that's where you go, Lightfield, see, that's the thing about the 90s. The, the 90s has a lot of reasons that people went out of business. And it, it really doesn't have anything to do with the stuff that you love. It has nothing to do with your love of image comics, your love of Dark Horse comics, your love of Valiant. It, it, it doesn't have anything to do with those things. There were some business decisions, some distributor uh, decisions. There was some debt that came crashing down on all these retailers quite unfairly because of the, distribu- the, the distribution wars. There was the Marvel bankruptcy situation that didn't um, really affect Marvel comics. I've told you it had no effect on their day-to-day operation in terms of getting the work out. And, and, and Marvel put out some really good stuff during that period. And let me just stop right here and tell you that I have comics from every company that I loved during the 90s. Loved Valiant, so many Valiant comics. Loved so many DC comics. Loved Marvel. Loved the stuff at Image. I mean, I was a huge, loved the Dark Horse stuff, all of Sin City. Um, I bought everything John Byrne was doing. I would go down, I'd buy, buy those comics, 
and and we had a cafeteria down at the where we had extreme studios in anaheim on catella i would i just remember so vividly getting those john byrne next men and 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 getting um babe which was a book he did for dark horse which was years later but going down to the cafeteria and reading that stuff they had they had a, a froyo machine and and you could make your own froyo and i'd sit at my table sometimes with eric stevenson sometimes with dan frager marat and we just chill as we looked over these comic books there was so much that i love about the 90s i mean so much of it but specifically i go into 21st century comics which isn't there anymore and the guy who owned it was a certainly a nice guy but he had taken to uh hiring more of what i call these um let's call them snotty clerks so if in in 1999 i'm i'm 31 32 max i'm buying i'm coming in i'm buying my comics and they're kind of snickering at my purchases these these kids and uh i i i, I they, they they had these long leather dusters and leather pants on as they were as they were ringing me up and they, immediately i'm like all these dudes are dressed like neo and then except neo didn't have a a, a party in the back with his hair because this guy had a sweet schmedium um a mullet we we we, let, we call them schmediums here in, in socal as well but um really talking to me in a condescending tone i had at that point retired uh, was was about to go into my retirement period just doing the last i was during that time doing wolverine 154 155 just to give you a time frame where i was going with my work and i was about to not do comic books for the next three years take take it off have kids just uh literally i did not do published comics uh for 2000 to 2003 i think other than maybe a three-page superman story that jeff Loeb asked me to do in the christmas issue of whatever superman comic that he was doing at the time it could have been just plain old superman but always with the snark, always with the side side remarks, and they had assimilated themselves to being, uh, you know, th- th- these guys at the register now thought they were also walking out of the matrix. But it was kind of a, a symbol of, of what I was encountering. So many of these clerks, maybe who had, had been there since 16 and 17, were now, you know, uh, several years later, they were 22, they were 23, they were 24, and they were cynical. And they were literally, just like I've told you in many times before, crapping on the purchases with their snark. And, uh, and, and I'll be honest, uh, on, on one of these particular days, they had one of my drawings on the, bin, on, on the bulletin board behind me. I, I'm sorry, behind them, behind them at the register. And I just smirked, like, this is supposed to get me to mention that they have this drawing that they're clearly mocking. It wasn't Captain America. It was not. It was, uh, it was, it was, it was a drawing cable. And uh, that I had done that they actually shouldn't have had. It, it, it wasn't in print, in print yet. That, that they got it from somebody who had clearly given them something that they shouldn't have their eyes on. And uh, but but that cynicism, that snickering. And let me tell you something. All these guys did the entirety of the '90s was crap on every '90s comic because, like I said, that was kind of the last comic book store, and it was the store that I was going to, the only store that I could get my comics. This is that the Amazon mail order. You know, the, the, the digital. None of that. None of those options, you know, were available. So many of the comic book chains, like Comic Book Comics Unlimited in Orange County, which is something that uh, a place we all had frequented, had gone out of business. He he ran up so much debt that he crashed. We I know this because I almost bought his stores myself, and I, I convinced Todd and Jim to go in and buy this chain of stores. We we established a price, and then right before doing the final deal, he revealed all the debt that he was carrying. Uh, to, to the distributors 
And that's when you got to peek behind the curtain and saw, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, all of those stacks of unsold speculator books were had 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 piled up, and and the unsold stacks. And we're going to address how the world has changed in an upcoming episode. Actually, this was supposed to be an episode about about direct to consumer, but we're we're here and we're talking about the '90s instead. But it was just a symbol of what I was going to encounter, and to these guys. Uh, they they would recommend Sandman works by Neil Gaiman works by Grant Grant Morrison. They would love to tell you at the register how much the Matrix had been had had taken from Grant Morrison's Invisibles. You should really check out the Invisibles. I did. Well, have you have you read it recently? I, I have. <laughs> these are the kind of conversations that were going on. But these guys had become increasingly c- cynical over the course of the '90s, and they would uh, bang the drum. On, on how bad fill-in-the-blank publisher was. They sat on their throne above the material and for eight hours a day would tell you how shitty everything that you were buying was. And, and then, because the store went in heavily on, on statues and action figures, they, and, and they weren't selling and they weren't moving, and, and, and the positions that 21st Century took on statues and action figures was, uh, I was like, this is going to bury this company. These are really really expensive statues and action figures and 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 merchandise and and they became more of a merchandise statues action figures you know collectibles store than they became about comic books towards the end and they kept they kept switching they kept switching locations uh trying to kind of keep keep the thing going keep the dream alive eventually that store and the store that spun off from it crashed in the early 2000s went out of business wiped out done the first retailer that emerged from kind of the Southern California store wipeout uh, was was a really kind gentleman who opened a store up in Brea, California, called the Realm. And this guy loved comics, and he didn't he didn't care where they came from, whether they were eighties, nineties, two thousand four, which is what he was selling at the time, two thousand five. He just loved comics, and I remember going, "Hey, can I can I give you some advice? Having been in the field now for for many decades, just can you?" Just go small. Go small on everything. Let let everything build. Don't 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 go whole hog. And he's like, Rob, this 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 is something I intend to grow slowly. And he did. And the realm was a fantastic store un- until he retired in 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 recent years. And and it always had a giant, uh, just just full disclosure, a giant gaming component to it, which is what I think saw it through even its its most struggling times. And then he when he sold the store, having now retired. Because he really started the store in his middle age because of his love for comics, but then all these different stores started popping up in the in the 2010s, and the guys that owned them loved all comics. They didn't and, and they didn't shit on the 90s, and they loved the 90s. And I went out, I'm like, what's up with these Ghost Rider posters and these, you know, X Force and X Men? And I mean, it, it was just it, it it wasn't apologizing for it. It was it embraced the 90s and embraced. And he's like, the 90s were great, and there they were. There was. <clears throat> the Chromium Turox and the Exo Mana Wars and all the comics that we fondly remember, the Age of Apocalypse stuff. And 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 Jason, to this day, you and your fat collectibles just uh just inspired the crap out of me. It was the most fun I had had at a comic store since I was a kid. And and I'm talking, you know, in in, in 2010, I'm knocking on my 40s, okay? <laughs> I'm I'm uh I'm getting up there, you know. I'm, I'm, and I'm walking into a comic store with a dealer who loved the nineties, grew up 
reading comics in the 90s, celebrating the 90s the way you guys have, have shared here on Twitter and, and, and have shared. But, but those cynical guys, I don't know what happened to them, but they all di- disappeared. But their heyday was the late 90s where they would shit on every comic that had come and was to come. And, 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 and it was, I got to be honest, you know, not a fun time grabbing my comic books from, from guys who didn't really like comic books at all, any. And when we talk the nineties, I'm not talking the image nineties and, and look at this stuff that you're telling me back in the Twitter. You're not, you're not just sitting here talking to me about image. You're, you're, you're talking to me about all the comics you loved and it, and it's, and it's, and it's exciting because I can tell you, I mean, you, the, 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 the replies were the replies on this stuff lit up so quickly. I was absolutely overwhelmed. Here, 10 comics. That's the, that's the handle. 10 comics is, yes, I got into comics through the X-Men cartoon and rode with Marvel for the next several years. Great stuff. Age of Apocalypse. Interesting stuff. Clone Saga and weird stuff. Teenage, don't, don't, teenage Tony Stark, anyone. Uh, Monster Comics. I was so excited about Image Comics. I tried as many as I could. I was also down with awesome comics. Those were the great days. Desolate Soul Studio says, love the comics in the 90s. Straight up to 99. Still a huge fan. Uh, Pisk said, after a, brief, after a brief hiatus at the start of the decade, I was back to collecting in 91. The weekly run to the local comic store got me through rough times. The death of my mom and my grandparents, being fired, dropping out of school. For a brief 30 to 45 minutes, I could escape the pain and depression. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, uh, it's Psych is his name. Uh, Wolver Steve said, sure did. The X-Men 90s run and Wolverine comics plus the Marvel Comics present stories were groundbreaking and now legendary comic books, not to mention a little team known with some amazing characters known as X-Force. Uh, continuing the party, uh, Paul 815303 says, I read all the X titles in Robin. Robin was the only DC title that I had much interest in. Generation X, X-Force were my favorites. I would grab all the other stuff that interested me as well. Uh, uh, let's see. Bradley Bang said, I loved it. I still love it. I started reading superhero books with Wolverine 91 in 1995 and I've not stopped since. Uh, Jared Wayne Gifford said, I loved it. I want to thank all you image guys as it was when you guys were working at Marvel and then when you launched Image that I was getting into comic books. Dan Pleagle says, my fondest memories of comics in the 80s and 90s were bike trips to Comic Castle, Adventurelands, and Comics Mania. These are the stores of the early 90s in Southern California. I would always leave with huge paper bags, uh, with with paper bags uh, brimming with stuff, uh, sometimes 20 comics at a time. Thinking about it now makes me sad that I don't have that experience anymore. Uh, I can reach things on high shelves. Tweets, I really enjoyed them. Some have not aged well. Uh, I still love and experience them. Uh, Obi-Wan Katobi says, Honestly, I miss the gimmick covers, die-cut, hologram, foil, chromium, fun times. Apart from that, the 90s also gave us Babylon 5, Deep Space Nine, Quentin Tarantino, The X-Files, Oasis, and my teenage years. I had the best time. Uh, just uh, Troy Robbins says, 90s had continuity, canon, world-building, and at Marvel, a touch of reality to their comics that was great. Wildstorm had a certain level of maturity in their books, but no continuity, world building, or canon. They did, however, have some of the very best characters. It's a shame that they're gone. Jacob Edgar says, I was pretty young and mostly just had Batman titles. Loved the Adventures line, Jim Apero, Norm, Norm Breifogel issues, and the Tim Drake Robin series. Put a lot of my favorite back issues to hunt 
Uh, but a lot of my favorite back issues to hunt from the era are the 90s Romita Jr., Daredevil, and Punishers. Kenny Crumwide says, I loved it all. Nightfall, Death, Return of Superman, Heroes Reborn, Maximum Carnage, Age of Apocalypse, Amalgam, Top Cow, Extreme, Cliffhanger, Wildstorm, Spawn. Uh, just, just, I just keep going, keep going here. Brandon London, the early 90s, especially were, were my comics collecting heyday. I'm so glad I was experiencing that. From the books that you and your peers were doing at Marvel to all the books you introduced to us at Image, you made me a lifelong fan of your work. So it was just a giant love fest for the 90s. And that's what I'm doing here. I'm doing here what we should do about the 90s all the time. Age of Apocalypse, Reign of Superman, uh, you know, Funeral for a Friend. That, that just, uh, you know, Onslaught, Heroes Reborn, uh, Image X Month, uh, Extreme Sacrifice, Hellboy, Sin City. So, I mean, un- unbelievable, fantastic memories. Uh, 300. Th- these are some of the very best memories. Uh, again, r- as, as a creator, I just knew I had to bring my absolute best because, again, there was guys like Dale Keown drawing the pit, which was just so lush and beautiful and detailed. And you had all these young guys who were hungry. All of the studio guys. All of them, Dave Finch, J. Scott Campbell, Dan Fraga, Marat Michaels, Joe Benitez, everybody was trying to outdo each other. And we all knew each other on the West Coast. And all the studios were connected by somebody knew somebody knew somebody knew somebody. And the excitement that was being generated, the work, the, the, the youthful energy. Uh, you, you don't hear me talk about money in the 90s. It wasn't, it wasn't about money. Because I see sometimes people talk about money. It was excitement. It was competitive. It was envelope pushing. It, you, it felt like you could do anything and you could. And what I'm talking about with the Matrix is giant media sensation immediately starts being reflected in all the comic books. And I feel like so much of that is where we were going by the 2000s. You know, in the Marvel, the history of the MCU, which was a beautiful double you know, coffee table book that was put out two years ago, chronicling the incredible rise of basically the Feige, you know, the Feige led Marvel brand, not the Sony stuff, not the Fox stuff. But it talks about that uh, when, when Feige dissolved the council, this council that was put together by Ike Perlmutter that had, uh, I, I believe, guys like Casada Bendis. Um, others on it who would weigh in, read the scripts, give input. Um, some of those stories are legendary. Uh, the, the people who made Guardians of the Galaxy can tell you that one of those council members was like, this, this music's terrible. None of this is going to work. Um, basically gave as many wrong notes as you could possibly give. Well, when Feige was given power, he, dissol- he dissolved that council. And, it, and it, it's, I've read it out loud. I did, I did at least an, an issue, at least one episode on this giant, enormous, coffee table book and it's expensive i think i think it's 200 bucks like it's it's two volumes but he talks about the council and marvel became all about councils it all it became about planning sessions and it wasn't as organic in the 2000s that, that's my opinion it wasn't as organic now you can go but they they got stuff like civil war they did they absolutely got stuff like civil war out of that it also 
doesn't hurt like like when I mentioned Barbie and I don't mention Greta Gerwig. Okay, uh, I, I only spoke of Margot Robbie just a, a, a few few minutes ago, and that is to the detriment of the Barbie experience because so much of it is through Greta Gerwig, who is immensely talented as a storyteller, a director. The 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 success of Civil War cannot be also lost on the fact that it was done by Mark Miller and 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 Steve McNiven, two peak talents of that era. I mean, the, the talent has to rise up. But so much of the broad planning, not just the crossovers that you got, but the month to month, the day to day, and 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 so much of of what is going on now reflects what is like. How can we, you know, sew ourselves as closely into the fabric? Of, of this this uh, event coming out. And that's just part of the game. You're not going to change it. it it's, it's, it's become more corporate-minded. And when a giant corporation buys another medium-sized corporation, that's, that's, you're, you, you're really not going to get around that. The 90s was completely punk rock, uh, organic, just in, in music, in music terms, just, Plug the amp in and blast. And that was the 90s. Plug the amp in and blast. And we did. And so much uh, creativity exploded onto the page. Now, again, I already mentioned there's the guys that created the account with the eight followers. This was the worst era ever. They were easily drowned out by your absolute love and affection for the 90s. You had fun. I had fun. If you didn't have fun, in the 90s, it's because you chose to be those guys behind the register who were bitter, who wanted to crap on, shit on. You guys know what I'm talking about. Let's, let's do it. Let's do a reenactment. You bring your comics up. We've all had the guy. And as he's flipping through, he goes, <laughs> and you go, can you just ring me up, man? I'm just going to get back to you. As the American malls, as the malls that, that, that define eras here in, in, in a in the United States of America, it wasn't as familiar, didn't go out, didn't, didn't travel beyond the United States of America in my teenage years. But the rise of, of the mall, you know, and, 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 and all of the different stores, so many of the clothing stores that you went to, whether it was, there was a popular one called The Gap, um, you know, there was, there was uh, just whatever department store, Nordstrom's, The May Company, Sears, when you brought your clothes up, they'd ask you if you want a belt, some socks, or a tie to go with that. And, you know, on very, very rare occasions did I say, yeah, you know, I need some socks too. They're upselling you. You know, right now when you go and you, you, you're, you're in your drive-thru, they ask you, what size? Do you want to supersize it? Became the McDonald's phrase that quite possibly helped them break their earnings records. Do you want to supersize it? Do you want more? Do you want more? Comic stores have always been the domain, and, 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 and I also encountered this at certain Tower Records, record shops, when they would snirk at, uh, snirk, new word, uh, smirk and, and, and shit on whatever album you were buying, because it wasn't cool. It wasn't cool to them, and they want you to know it. My power behind this register is, 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 is sharing with you how not cool this is. Now, to be, to be, to be fair, like the, the comic store that I worked at as a kid, Tustin Toons and Toys has some of the greatest ownership, has some of the greatest clerks, and they celebrate your purchases. They, they, they want you to know that they're as excited about comics as you are. And God, I wish every comic store would be more like that. But 
so many of these people, and you've encountered, and this is where we'll wrap this episode, who crap on the 90s, you immediately do that math and you go, you weren't there. How can you be crapping on the 90s when you're 24 years old? You didn't experience one, uh, uh, you did not draw breath in the 90s at any point in time. But some guy told me that the 90s were bad because of crosshatching. And I'm just like, then you're deranged. If you actually wanted to share, uh, and this is a Facebook comment, not a, not a Twitter, uh, an X, sorry, Elon. Uh, he, he shared that it was bad because of the crosshatching. That, that's just insane. That, that, that guy, wasn't, if it wasn't the crosshatching, it would be you know the foil, whatever. It was an exciting time. I've told you about the guy who came from the printer with all the gimmicks in his folder. We can do this. We can do this. We can do die cut. We can do chromium. We can do glow in the dark. It's where I got, I've said this before on the show, it's where I got the thermal ink on the cover to blood strike number one, which to this day, I've taken my copies out. If you hit it, hit it with a blow dryer, all the blood vanishes. You turn the blow dryer off and, and it's not warm anymore because there were these thermal t-shirts and I asked, could you do this on, on a comic book? I was the first one to do thermal ink and we did rub the blood. If you use the friction of your thumb to rub across that blood, it vanishes to this day. It still vanishes. The, the hair dryer gives you the entire thing you know, vanishing the minute you hit it with, with a, as, as far back as you can hold that hairdryer. And it's, it's it, both, both instances are fun. Rub the blood or do that blow dryer trick and have the blood disappear. Uh, it was a fun time. It was, he was like Willy Wonka from the candy store because they wanted to give you as many new enhancements as possible because they wanted to what, what upsell you. They wanted to upsell you. They wanted to make your printing experience more expensive for them. Because and, and, and they would do it by putting fun stuff on your comic books. I'm not sure I got to everything that I wanted to today, but the bottom line is the 90s were a blast. Thank you for responding. It was incredible organic creativity. There weren't councils being met to determine. Uh, and, and look, I understand why those, those happen. It was really a bunch of creative people running wild. And I'm going to tell you, even in... I, there are very few 90 books, 90s books that I can't find redeemable qualities from because of the punk rock aspect, because somebody just went up to the mic, cleared their throat and started screaming and, and, and the amps were, were blaring. I, I just, it was an extremely expressive, organic, creative time. And I see that it touched so many of you. And now you're telling me on X. On, 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 on what the, the artist formerly known as Twitter, you're sharing this with me. And I am so thrilled to receive this. But I just want to tell you, the 90s were so much fun. They were so much fun. And thank you for sharing with me how much fun you had when I see you. And I'm going to see so many of you at New York Comic Con. And uh, I see you on all the different platforms that we interact with. And yesterday, thank you for just putting a big smile on my face because that could have gone sideways. Were the 90s fun for you? Did you have a good time? Did you enjoy your comics? That's it. Nothing specific. You guys showed up. I, I read a quarter of the, of, of the responses that I got yesterday. If you go on and you read that question on my account, you'll see all of the fanfare and you'll see the guy with the 20, the 20 followers who wants, to know, wants you to know that it was the worst. We see you, dude. We see you. Were you even around? That's that's really the funniest part. Now I understand there's going to be retailers who have they're going to you know use the words "Return of Superman." They're going to use the words "Deathmate." 
they're, they're going to say, oh man, this was hard because of this, that, the other thing. Honestly, it was a hard time to be a retailer. Full stop. That's all I have to say. It was. It was a hard time because suddenly so many people entered the business and you didn't know what you were ordering, but it wasn't the mainstream stuff that did you in. It was the uncertainty. And unfortunately, it was, it was a terrible learning curve. But today is about the creativity from those comic books, the excitement, the characters, the electricity that those carried with you that ignited your own imaginations and got you through those hard times. I've talked about it here. Comic books are comfort. Movies are comfort. But to the one guy, I didn't read it, but he's like, it's, it's the 80s stories. It's the 80s stories that, that, that Marvel bases all their movies on, not the 90s. I go, hey, hey, buddy, have you heard of Infinity War? Did you watch Endgame? Did you watch Civil War? Did you see the Deadpool films? <laughs> Did you watch Logan? I'm like, what is this guy? Sometimes maybe don't hit send. Maybe don't hit send until you figured out that what you're saying is is poppycock, okay? Uh, n- nonsensical poppycock. But hey, the 90s, it was great. You know why I know? Because you've told me so repeatedly again and again and again. I was there. I know it was great. It was great fun. And if you didn't have fun, it's because you chose not to. You chose not to because the fun was being had. Thank you, as always, for listening to our show. Thank you for listening to Robservations. Uh, Let's get out there. Let's talk about the 90s. Let's give the 90s its flowers. They deserve it. They got us. They, they, they put smiles on so many of our faces. Why aren't we, uh, why aren't we doing this more? I, I got to tell you, I have other theories too, you know, of, of why a certain, you know, a certain sect is, uh, is, 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 is against that era. Maybe that era just, uh, to, to quote, to quote Blade Runner, you know, the light that burns twice as bright burns twice as fast. And you burned so very bright. Roy, uh, take out Roy and, and make that the '90s, and and I and I I think I think that the, the bright shine of the '90s has impacted maybe everything that followed, and may, maybe there's a little little bit of resentment because that '90s magic was so great and that wa- that wave was so epic, and it's not available to surf anymore. But anyway, thank you. The '90s rocked. Let's talk about it. Let's share it. Appreciate you so much. Appreciate you jumping on the social media platform yesterday and sharing it with me. At the end of each and every episode, I share your reviews uh, of this show. And I am so thrilled to bring you J-Lo, J-L-O-U-X, 9181. I'm sorry if I said it wrong, but J-Lo, J-Lo, 9181, says nothing but gratitude. Five stars. Uh, when you guys give us these reviews, it means the world to us. It means uh, it is so much uh, to, to, to just post these and help uh, elevate the platform. And and uh, and just get the word out there about the show, and I appreciate it. And thank you, J. Lou ninety one eighty one for getting the word out. It says nothing but gratitude. Gives us five stars. This is my top podcast. I haven't missed an episode since I found this podcast over a year and a half ago. I've made it a tradition for me to listen to Tuesdays podcast on my way to my local comic store on Wednesdays for New Comic Book Day. The history that is shared, the series of episodes talking about the origin and creation of my favorite character Deadpool is something that goes beyond appreciative. It makes me so happy that a comic book creator of your stature is humble enough to remain a fan at heart. This goes a very long way. The comic book world is so much better with a talent such as yourself. Thank you. Whoa! Okay. Um. 
super touched, super appreciated. The, 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 the truth of the matter is uh, I am a comic fan at heart. They are my favorite anything anywhere outside of my family. So thank you for listening. Thank you for that kind sentiment. Thank you for posting these reviews, giving us those stars, sharing. Look, there's a lot of important stuff going on in the world. As, as I'm recording this today, you know, Lahaina, Maui is just burned to the ground and it breaks my heart. Uh, we have vacation there and, and, uh, spent so much time there months of our lives. And so it's stuff like that. People have real, uh, heartache that are going on out there. And so I don't want to get too carried away with, Oh, the nineties and all this stuff. And, but hopefully the show is a distraction for you. And a lot of the times the podcasts that I listen to are to just keep me focused and working and drawing on the board. And I need those voices listening. So, uh, but I also like on a long drive, listening to a podcast, anything to take my mind off to give me maybe a different point of view. But uh, I'm going to be, I, I, I just, I mentioned the Lahaina thing because I'm going to do something uh, to raise money for that very soon. And I want to mention it here and you'll hear about it here. And I just, again, thank you for, for uh, listening to the show. Thanks for participating. Thanks for enjoying the, 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 the little kind of 90s fun session that we had together today. <laughs> Hey, sometimes you just got to stop and, and, and celebrate, celebrate something and put the, put, the, put the good vibes back. And you guys, you brought the good vibes and I'm just here to, to, to amplify that signal, to signal boost uh, all the love for the 90s. As, you, as you've seen by this show, a lot of what I, a lot of you, I, I encounter you on, on Twitter, on X, social media. Thank you, Elon Musk. We, that's where we connect. I'm Robert Liefeld over there. R-O-B-E-R-T-L-I-E-F-E-L-D. I have a blue check that tells you it's really me and not some scam artist. So talk to me over on X, over on Twitter. I love reading your replies, your mentions. As you can see, they mean the world. They can really, you know, put, put a smile on your face. I'm Robert Liefeld over on Twitter. On Instagram, I am at Rob Liefeld. More of a photo diary of what I'm eating, uh, the people that I'm hanging out with, the work I'm doing. Uh, the places I'm going. I, I would love for you to follow me. I read your mentions, your replies, your DMs on Instagram. I'm at Rob Liefeld. Just got the full name over there. Thank you, Joy Liefeld, for turning me on to Instagram as early as you did. So Instagram, Rob Liefeld. Twitter, Robert Liefeld. I have a Facebook group I would love for you to participate in. Um, I, I'm not uh, interacting as much right now because I'm trying to beat a deadline and get my last issue of Deadpool Batter Blood off to the printer so that you can have it in your hands in October. But Rob Liefeld, my group on Facebook is Rob Liefeld, Marvel Extreme and Beyond. Rob Liefeld, Marvel Extreme and Beyond. We are having a great time over there. So many great participants. Uh, click, on th- uh, uh, click on the group, find it. You'll submit uh, an administrator that is either myself or Terry Sala, S-A-L-A. We are the two who run the page. It's not actually not a page. Run the group. Run the group. Pages are different than groups. So visit us on the Rob Liefeld Marvel Extreme and Beyond group on Facebook. We would love to continue the conversations that we have here over there. Share comics, artwork, all the cool and the fun stuff that we're doing over there. So visit us. Rob Liefeld uh, Marvel Extreme and Beyond is the group over on Facebook. Deadpool Batterblood. Three and four are on the way. Three was going to press... Uh, before I left for my summer vacation, and simultaneously, I wouldn't have gotten on that plane and gone over to France uh, if, if Deadpool Batterblood number four was not also in the can and done at that time. 
So these books are, they're, they're ready. They're going, they're coming. They're so exciting. Deadpool, number, Deadpool, Battle Blood 3 and 4 are my favorite comics I have ever, ever, ever produced. Seeing the final product put such a big smile on my face. We are headed toward a giant conclusion. That is my monthly comic that I'm generating right now. I hope you pick it up. I hope you grab it. Thank you so much. You sold out our first issue, um, blew it out. We are um, just so thankful. The entire creative team, J. David Ramos, who colors each and every page. Um, I've been joined across the spectrum with um, helping me out on issues four by, uh, by, by, by Corey Hampshire, Chance Wolf. You'll see some of their work. Please pick up Deadpool Batter Blood number three. It's in store soon. Ask your retailer about it. Make sure you don't miss out. Uh, I just love doing comics, sharing comics with you. I'm going to be at New York Comic Con. I hope to see you all there. I hope you're doing well. I hope you are uh, rising above every challenge and, and waking up every day with the spirit to fight and, and to do well by your family and your friends and to continue to push that, uh, push, push, push that envelope. If you've got creative aspirations while you're working the clerk, whatever story you're at, or, or you know, uh, my kid was a valet. I mean, whatever you're doing, you know, I, I just hope that you can break through like I did. I was doing construction, busboying, delivering pizzas, and using all my spare time to put forth my creative endeavors. I say this because I've met some of you recently, and you've told me how you're trying to balance your, your obligations with, with breaking in, using your creativity. And it, it's, it's going to take burning that extra candle, putting that extra time in. But I am rooting for you. I, I hope that you can find that balance, write that book, that poem, that song, make that comic, paint that painting. And, and at the same time, have fun with your friends. Uh, get, get away from the grind. It'll, sp- it'll, it'll absolutely feed you creatively. You know, uh, those, those, those communal experiences, they can, they can, they can really take you, you know, and, and elevate you and, 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 and put all the feels in you. And then you have those to accompany you with whatever you're doing the next day, whatever work, whatever. Hey, I, 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 I love what I do, but I, I can acknowledge that it's a grind. So I'm there. I'm grinding with you. I'm rooting for you. Have a great meal. Read a great book. Read. Uh, uh, watch, watch a great show, get carried away for at least some point, you know, in, in your day, uh, t- take a cheat day, you know, fill yourself up spiritually, emotionally, uh, physically, mentally get right rooting for you. Uh, we are always rooting for you here at Rob observations, fist bump, boom, through the mic, take care of yourself. Please circle back. Please see me again. I will, I will be here. We will most certainly absolutely and inevitably talk again real soon.